When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Chels. Another week goes by. Another chance at playing Tottenham and beating them. Another chance at going and seeing Manchester City and working out just where we are. Ah oh well, it's been an interesting week. I'm not depressed. I'm not downhearted. I'm not disappointed. I'm a Chelsea fan. We get through anything. And one of those people who gets through absolutely anything is Mr Andy Saunders. I got through seeing you yesterday. Yeah, I know. I, I can't, see, I set you up for these. You know, you come by, come to my house, sit here, drink our tea, and abuse me. Uh, it's just so. I mean, weird. you didn't have any proper milk, but I mean, apart from that, it was lovely. Uh, oat milk, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I'm doing my bit for the planet. I popped by. I popped by to see Kerry yesterday on my way back from Manchester. Yes, you did. And it was very nice to see you. I tell you who it's also nice to see. It's only Mr. Ivor Badil. Hello, I'm a big fan of oat milk. <clears throat> I gave up dairy a few years ago. Oat, you know, graduated from soya milk. Now, I love the oat milk, but you've got to have it without the sugar. Yeah, the, that's you know, the, the... Yeah, the, the barista the one is full of milk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, get, the, get Alpro, the sugar out. Alpro, uns, um, what is it, no sugars... And it's the chilled one from the fridge. Yeah. And it's yeah. fantastic. Literally the most middle-class football <laughs> podcast ever. Woke. We're so woke. We are so... Listen, I don't have a lot of milk in my tea anyway. I only have a little dash. So it didn't bother me. But it's like, you know, get some proper milk in, for Christ's sake. Stop it. No. No, it's people like you that are destroying this planet. Thank you very much. Also, black tea is very good for you as well. Yeah. Do you eat, yeah, do you eat meat, Kerry? No. You're not. <laughs> okay, that's a bit of a lie. <laughs> right, anyway, I never said I wasn't a I hypocrite, don't. thank you. <laughs> I know you don't, but you eat fish, don't you? Yeah. Well, so fish are bastards. Go. They deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're always out catching them, aren't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. And when I catch them, I, you know. Well, a lot of people won't know that you are, a, you are actually a poacher, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, he's gone quiet there. He can't, can't own up to that. <laughs> You know, if you see a man looking a bit dodgy down a river, it's probably Andy, isn't it? <laughs> no. Actually, bringing it back to football, <laughs> what I was going to say. So yeah, I know it's ridiculous. But as a poacher, I was. You know, this is going back a long way, but I was immediately kind of thought Stiffer Clark. You know, Alan Clark. He was the classic sort of poacher. 
Who, who from Chelsea? I mean, Jimmy Greaves, possibly, when we had him. Who would be the Chelsea's classic poacher? Because I think Peter Osgood was not a poacher. He was classic no. that. Who's the oh. Chelsea poacher, if, if we had question. one? It's a, it's a great, it is. I mean, it's one we might have to open up to the world. Mm. Would it be Matthias Kesman? Oof. <laughs> well, for that moment, he actually poached an actual goal in an actual cup final. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Or Mutu. <laughs> he was a lot of things, but I'm not sure he was Maybe. a poacher. Well, he might have been in a different way. Yeah. Um, we, we could go down quite a lengthy rabbit hole of scratching our heads here. Yeah, we we could, but it's quite fun. And I, I, let me just say publicly, Andy isn't really a poacher. He's fully paid up. I don't want him saying, I can't believe the, the abuse I've had on Twitter about being a poacher. Nobody's going to care whether I'm a poacher, Kerry. That actually gives me a sheen of cool. If I was oh. an actual poacher, people think it was cool. I don't mind you calling me a poacher. It makes me sound dangerous and slightly edgy. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> maybe we should have maybe we should have one of those polls on Twitter. You know, is Andy cooler as a poacher or not? Anyway, do you fish, Ivor? No, not at all. I've I've tried once or twice and can't really get in Greece last time. Actually, I went on a boat a few years ago and sort of did some fishing. Didn't really catch anything, but then the guy who we were with caught quite a big fish, and I just. He gave it to me for the classic photo. Yeah, look at this, what I've caught. I didn't actually catch it. But no, it's not something... I. It's one of those things that, you know, in theory, I sort of quite like the idea of just sitting for hours, you know, whiling away some time with your own thoughts, gently fishing. But actually, in reality, I find that really, really boring. Mm. <laughs> we had a conversation, me and Kerry had a conversation about being bored the other day. And about right. how people have forgotten to be how to be bored, you know. And that when That's we true, were yeah. when when we were growing up, you know, the summer holidays were one long sort yeah. of exercise in boredom, really, most of the time. You know, I mean, you go out for your mates occasionally, but there was none of this kind of like WhatsApp groups or text messages. You had to go around and knock on someone's door and ask them if they wanted to come out and play. And a lot of the time, you were kind of left to your own devices. And even if you were with your mates, you were kind of bored. And and so I don't I don't have a problem with boredom. And actually, fishing it is boring, but it's boring. In a good way for me it kind of it's a bit of a palate cleanser you know if i no, you deliberately know, so leave my right. phone in my car it's it's quite a good thing to do yeah well no i think einstein actually said it's in you need to have time when you're, you're doing nothing just to let your brain be free and you yeah know, to to, to cause, yeah you're right it's just constant 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 with the phone you go from one thing to another thing um do you know what i think mtv or or whatever those sort of channels you know what the the average time now is to that uh, somebody watches a, a video or something it's like eight seconds i think yeah they're off on something else so attention no, span right. is, is very short and you know we were also talking about you know football before i don't want to sound like homer simpson shouting at the clouds you know what i mean like some year da going it was it wasn't it better because i love technology and i love social media in a lot of ways and um you know i think it's 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 got an awful lot of benefits and it's made us in some ways a lot closer to each other as fans and as a club i mean apart from the kind of hellscape that is twitter um you know i mean there's a lot of benefits of being able to follow the club in such granular detail which we never had before and we used to be reliant on the back pages and 
the newspapers and gossip. So yeah, there's a lot to be said for it, but... You know, we were talking, weren't we, Kerry, about this... This You, you went, went for a walk and were bored, and I sent you a picture of me fishing going, I'm really bored. But it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. No, we were being kind of ironic about our boredom level. Yeah. The fact that... Oh, we were being ironic? Be, yeah, I, well, I was. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you may not have actually got that far, because it's quite an advanced state to be no, in just irony. Got, I just got too <laughs> bored, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is. It is one of those things. You know, nothing... I mean, also, I mean, I've got into the habit now. How often do you start watching a film and you stop it and go, oh, I'll go and do something. Else. I'll come back to it later. I never would have done that years ago. I've never yeah. have stopped a film. You'd go from beginning to end and that would be it. Yeah. And we, we there's have no, these... There, yeah, there's no waiting for anything anymore now because you can get everything, you know, in, on a box set or in, you know, on iPlayer or whatever. So there used to be that delicious thing if you see one episode of something and then you're waiting all week for it but now you can go to as i say iplayer and all episodes available now so yeah no, no such thing as delayed gratification now at all no, no. and, and you, t- you talk about no waiting for things this is where i segue back into football well yeah. do you know this is the first time in a five-year period that we will not have won the premier league title interesting Ooh. under roman abramovich Oh, yeah, Can't clarify that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I was. I was just leaving the pause because <laughs> I wanted to see you look confused, which was great. So here's a quote that's been sent to me by one of our listeners uh, and people we talked to on Twitter, Whatever Maine, who came out with this quote from Jamie Carragher, and he thought it might be an interesting conversation to have on mm. a pod. So here's Carragher's uh, take on Chelsea. Chelsea are a winning machine, no matter who's the manager. Sometimes it's not the league, they don't win the league every year, but they are always in a cup final. This record over the last 10-15 years is fantastic. They are a formidable team. And, and whatever, main, it's interesting because he talks about the fact that he thinks winning the league is great, but there isn't that one-off moment that, say, you get in finals. Um, I'm not sure I can agree with that. For me, it's the ultimate really, because it shows the consistency over a season. But Of course it is. Mm. Of course it is. But we are a winning machine. Carragher's right. If we don't come close in the title race, we do end up in cup finals. Yeah, invariably. I think it's, I think, I think, yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. I think it's a reductive take in some ways to say we're a winning machine. You know, we do win things. We do find ourselves in situations where we can win things. And that, and that of course is to be applauded. I had a conversation with someone after the game on Sunday about whether we're a work in progress or not. And they said, well, if we're a work in progress, why has it been five years since we've come even close to winning the league, you know that that doesn't sound like a work in progress. That sounds like a you know a slightly stalled um, transitional period. Because you know when when you say that question, would you rather win the league or would you rather win cups? Of course you'd want to win the league because the best team always always wins the league. You know it may not have that you know sense of instant gratification that we were talking about about two minutes ago. You know that you get in a cup final, but the idea that you could be 18 other teams over a 38 game stretch of games you know that that's the you know that that that's the mark of a of the best team you know all cup games in in a sense are a lottery it depends on the draw it depends you know what 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 you've got available it depends on the conditions the best team always always wins the league yeah and right. you know what i've got to jump in on that because often 
managers will say, you know, you've got to beat the best team in a, in a cup competition. You've got to beat the best teams to get to the final. That's just not true. It's not true. As, as, as England found out at, uh, at the last World Cup when they got a very lucky draw and, you know, got to the semis. And also look at, look at us in the um, FA Cup now. Um, you know, what we, we've drawn Plymouth and then Chesterfield. And, you know, you can worm your way through and not, if you're lucky, not take on the, the big teams. And also, there's no question, much as I love a day out at Wembley, and, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully go to the um, League Cup, Carabao Cup final, because either of those teams will, will be a decent match, and I'd want to, you know, give them a spanking. But I'm not that bothered, you know? And I know it's a little bit snobbish to say that, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, back in the dark old days, after between 1972 and whenever it was, 94, you know, would have taken any trophy but you know really really what we're talking about as a winning machine is the league and the champions league those are the two ones we really really want you know the other two it's just a fact and it is yeah as i say it's a it, it doesn't feel good saying it because there are so many lower league clubs who would give anything for a day at wembley but the fact is you know we are a bit spoiled as we've been there so often and it feels yeah. a bit bit too easy you know I think if you, if, if you if you if you enter a, uh, any any competition you should be in it to win it i mean i think yeah. m- most people would say that Mourinho always said that if you're in it you should win it whether it's the carabao cup or the you know the johnson's paint trophy i mean what, whatever competition you're in there's no point being in it unless you're in it to win it so you know i don't i, li- I mean i like the carabao cup i like i like the um you know the chance to see you know fringe players or players that don't normally get a thing that's a, that's a good thing the fa cup for me as a man of a certain age still has a certain romance about it i do like the fa cup any trip to wembley's a good day out but ultimately ultimately chelsea football club operates in the sphere of winning either the champions league or the league to really measure itself against the other elite teams in europe yeah yeah all right Ivor. so here's the question to follow on from what andy was saying are we still a work in progress? I've got yeah. my own thoughts because if it's a year this week or next week or whatever that Tuchel's been in charge. You get the feeling that him having survived through the Lukaku incident, non-instant, whatever you want to think, it feels as though he just may get a chance at staying longer potentially than any other Abramovich manager. So what do you think? Are we a work in progress? Has this been too long a gestation period to be a work in progress? Or have we now found the right person to perhaps take us to somewhere different? I, know, I think I love Tuchel. I think he's the right person. But I think, you know, you mentioned Lukaku. That, because of him, we are very much a work in progress. I mean, I watched Alan Shearer, if you watch Match of the Day on Saturday, got his analysis exactly right. And I've sort of been saying this for a while at the start of the season when Lukaku was playing, you know, if if we're going to have, we, we, well, not if we're going to have him, we paid almost 100 million quid for him, you know, he's going to be in the team. You have to play to his strengths. And we're not, in terms of the work in progress, we're still progressing to a point where we get, we, we, we know how to play with him the best. He knows what he wants because he's been doing it all his career. A number of times they pointed out on Match of the Day, they were, he was pointing to Mount, to Pulisic, to Azpilicueta. Here's where I want the ball. I want it now. And they didn't didn't deliver it. You know, and, and it's that work in progress. It's that, I think it's that second nature thing where they don't even have to think. Right, we know the big guy's up front. We know where he's going to want it. I don't even have to look. I don't have to think. I'm going to put it in that 
corridor of uncertainty, whatever you want to call it. And nine times out of ten, he'll be there and he'll get on the end of it. We don't play like that. So in that respect, we are we are definitely a work in progress. But there's also something up. I mean, we, we weren't going to talk about the City game uh, until later, but now we're on it. We'll talk about this one facet because I, th- I think it's an interesting point because I was talking to somebody else about this not getting service. Now, Tuchel said something I thought was fascinating afterwards where he says, sometimes Lukaku has to create his own service. Because if you look at him, sometimes he's standing, waving his hands, asking for the ball. But you're asking, okay, I know the instance you're talking about. There are a couple that could have got played through. But sometimes he wants the Hollywood ball passing through four players. He's not necessarily in the right place to make that actually work. Um, And I think... Tuchel saying he needs to create his own service is really interesting because I think you're right. I think players have to get used to playing with Lukaku, but I also think he has to get used to playing with us. What, what do you think, Andy? Oh, I think in that particular game, Ziyech and Pulisic weren't good enough. I mean, I think that that's true. You know, um, you know, they were poor. Um, I, I think that in the Spurs game and the City game, Lukaku was okay his finishing wasn't great but he got himself in the positions you know he had a great shot that was really well saved in the Spurs game you know he telegraphed the shot that he hit at uh, Edison a little bit you know he probably should have shot for the one that he passed to Ziyech in an offside position but his positioning wasn't bad he didn't get any service in that City game we were rubbish you know in terms of getting the ball to him I hear what Tuchel's saying I think that's a that's a that's a kind of giddy up from him um but but you've, but you know, I, I think Ivor's right, and I think you know Alan Shearer's. Right. I didn't watch the match today. Of course, I didn't. I never watch it when we lose. But you know, it's uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for if you pay that amount of money for a proven striker, play around that striker. Don't leave him isolated up front with nothing to do and no touches. I think he got 20 touches in the uh, in the City game, including you know the kickoff. So that's not enough. We got to get the ball to him more. Don't think he was. Don't think he was perfect. I think he was, I think, you know, some flawed performances. You know, he is coming back from a from a layoff. These are difficult games. I don't think he's surrounded by amazing players. The two players that would probably benefit him the most in Chilwell and James weren't on the pitch, you know, for obvious reasons. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, coulda, shoulda, wouldas, maybes in there. I don't think it's as, as simple as Lukaku's not creating his own chances. No, I, I just... Sorry, yeah, Kerry, of course, go. You know, you talk about what you call the Hollywood ball. Well, we should, you know, yes, it's not it's not easy, but we should be able to play that ball. I'm thinking, you know, De Bruyne, Robertson at Liverpool, you know, guys like that. And I, I hear what you're saying, Andy, about Chilwell and James, who probably are the players who can play that ball. But Ziyech is meant to have a, you know, a glorious left foot. Well, he's meant to, it. but he doesn't. He's meant to, well, they call they call Occasionally it the first... you see it. But he's inconsistent, <laughs> they... you know. They called it for the first two months a wand of a left foot, and they've stopped <laughs> yeah. using that now, thankfully. But, I know, um, but, but as, if, if we are, you know, that, that, that again adds to the work in progress because we, we should have players who are capable of playing those balls. And I don't think, I agree, Lukaku sometimes has to know when to, to drop deep and, and when to go forward, but those examples in the City game. I don't think it was a Hollywood ball. They were relatively straightforward balls that he was asking for that just yeah. needed that that thought of, yep, yeah, he's there, let's release the ball and go. 
The ball, no, they, the ball they, when he, he rolled stones to, to put himself in that he ended yeah. up passing to Zier, it was a very simple ball, I think, from Dave. Dave just played the ball into him. He rolled stones. He was in. He then took the wrong decision. He should have shot with his left foot, but he didn't. Yeah. And and the ball, and, and the running on goal where he uh, shot the ball too close to Edison, that was just a straightforward ball through the channel by Kovacic. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a Hollywood ball. It was easy. So, you know, I don't think Pulisic and Ziyech... I think Pulisic and Ziyech should be held as much to blame if that's the right right word for Lukaku's lack of incision than Lukaku himself because Lukaku is the is the tip of the spear you know he's not there to you know to you know to 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 do that other stuff he's there to to be the final product and if you can't get the ball to him and you can't put him in the positions where he can be effective I think it's a bit harsh to kind of put it all on his shoulders and also the the other thing is those front three have never played together as a three yeah weird that yeah, you know that that kind of always worries me. You think in a big game like that, you you need to have played a couple of times, surely at least, to be working out where everyone's going to stand and uh, where everyone's going to be. We simply don't have that talismanic uh, creative player that we had in Hazard for for, for yeah. so long. We don't have that one player that you know is going to be able to unlock it. We had it in Fabregas for a while. You know, we, we have it in those amazing players that we know can pick the lock. We don't have that at the moment. We have a lot of players that could. Pulisic could. Ziyech could. Werner we know has, you know, certain strengths. Havertz, we have never seen the best of Havertz, I don't think. Um, you know, but we just don't have that one player that can do it. Now, maybe one of those I mentioned can you know shake it off and become that but until we've got that it's going to be very different because if you difficult because if you look at the other teams in and around us you know they tend to have a player like that Kevin De Bruyne for City you know Salah or Mane for for Liverpool you know we don't have that creative magic in the team consistently at the moment no, I'd agree. Well, look, um, we should probably go to a commercial break now. And when we come back, we'll just drop back in time to talk about the Spurs second leg and then the City game. So we'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Right, OK. Before we go further into the City game, let's let's drop back a few days and the Carabao Cup semi-final second leg away at Tottenham. Now, Andy, how did you see this one panning out? We were 2-0 up from the first leg. Was this going to be a trickier occasion? Were you worried? Because, of course, this was about your first away game of the season, wasn't it? I think it was my first away game of the season, yeah. What a pain in the arse Spurs is to get to. I mean, it just is. We went to uh, went down to Liverpool Street and then across the White Hart Lane. Not too bad, but still irritating. The alternative is to go to Seven Sisters and walk like two miles down the Tottenham Road, uh, Tottenham High Road, and then afterwards we were separated from the uh, from the Spurs fans and made to go on a kind of two mile loop via Northumberland Park to Tottenham Hale. I mean, I just hate going there because it's just so difficult to get to. They spent a billion quid on a stadium and the transport links are terrible. Anyway, um, that's my little rant about going to the game. Uh, Team-wise, obviously, Kepper in goal because Mendy is at the African Cup of Nations. Uh, looks like a back four of Azpilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger and Saar. Saar continuing his run in the team. Um, and then generally a 4-2-2-2 formation, I think, was the general consensus with Jorginho and Kovacic, Mountain Hudson-Odoi and Lukaku and Werner up front. Pretty strong, I think. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, what about you, Ivy? Were you apprehensive that actually Conte could get them firing against us and that it could be a bit of a difficult game for us? Yeah, absolutely I was. I mean, you know, 2-0, it's a shame we didn't get the third goal, which we should have done in the first leg. Uh, But I was apprehensive, but that apprehension went away fairly quickly, not just because we scored the goal. I even messaged my, you know, Tottenham fan, not, obviously, as a Tottenham fan, so it can't really be a friend, but a <laughs> no, mate of mine. I, I was sort of saying, I can't believe how bad you are. You know, for, for Tottenham, defensively, I know Conte hasn't been there that long, but in both legs, I thought they were really all over the place. They didn't really, you know, we defended well. You know, Rudiger was great. I thought Saar had a, had a really good game. I, I really liked the look of him. Um, but I, I was... Yeah, they didn't have much fight. That's my son coming in. Go away. <laughs> I've seen that before. Um, sorry, I'll be out soon. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised at how poor Tottenham were. So the, I was apprehensive. You know, big London derby against us to get to a final. But yeah, they're, they're in slight disarray, I think. They can't... I don't want to talk too much about them, but they, they're inconsistent. Their defence is, I thought appalling really appalling I mean can we bring it back to Chelsea therefore I think we, we should have killed it off you know not that they were really into it with you know 3-0 on aggregate but we should have it would have been nice to really stuff them do them do a Torre Andre flow and was that 5-0 or 5-1 5-1 yeah mm. uh, it would have been nice to really turn them over because um, it became quite a boring game in the end I think do you think Andy that actually we you said it became a boring game Chelsea almost looked bored by the game. Once they got that first goal, it almost looked as though they just went, well, you're just never going to get near us. And even Conte didn't look up for it. I I don't want to say too much that's disparaging about Tottenham because, of course, for our second show this week, which will be out at the end of the week, we'll, we'll be talking about the Tottenham game at Stamford Bridge. So I'm loath to say anything too much about how poor and awful Tottenham were. Um, but we do have them to play for a third time. Now, Conte looks as though he's bitten off more than he can chew. Tottenham look as though they've got second-year Conte already. Uh, it looks though it could end badly. Hopefully, we'll take care of them at the weekend. But do you think that's sometimes a problem with Chelsea, that we aren't ruthless enough in the fact that as Ivor says, you know, it would have been nice to stuff them. And they were there for stuffing, weren't they, Andy? Should have stuffed them in the first leg. You know, sure. absolutely should have stuffed them in the first leg. And I think that was the disappointment that we only went to White Hart Lane with a 2 0 lead when it should have been four. Um, but yeah, right. Once we got that first goal, which came off um, Rudiger's back, um, it, it didn't feel likely that, that they would be in the game. And frankly, most of the Chelsea fans spent their entire time taunting the Tottenham fans rather than watching the game, uh, you know, which was fun. Uh, you know, Kane just looked like he hated football. Uh, obviously, Son wasn't playing. Um, I probably He probably would have thrown it. Mora did his best, but didn't really make an impact. You know, much like the first leg, they looked pretty pitiful, I have to say, and we didn't really get out of third gear. We probably should have scored a couple more goals, but yeah, I mean, it was it was embarrassingly comfortable for us. All right, well, look, I think we're kind of done with that game because it was all leading up to the weekend. It was Man City away. Of course, we've beaten them three times last season towards the end. 
And then earlier this season, they turned us over only 1-0 at, at Stamford Bridge, but the gulf looked big. So this was another case of being able to measure where we are. As we say, perhaps we're still work in progress. So it proved to be. I wasn't disappointed and terribly sad. I wasn't angry. I just thought you could see we're getting closer to them. But without our top players like Reese James and Ben Chilwell, you know, we've got we've got several big problems, which we'll come to in a minute. I just don't think we disgraced ourselves. We were in there. We're competitive up to a point. They got a 1-0. We go away and we learn from it. Um, what were your thoughts about this, Andy, when you saw the team? Did you think did you think it was a good side? And of course, you went to this for your second game of the season. I know, two away. away games in a week, which was great. My daughter's at university <laughs> in Manchester, so I managed to blag a couple of tickets and uh, and go up there and I went I went with her. That was her first away game. Um, did you poach the tickets? Did I poach the tickets? Very good. Uh, no, they were very, very kindly uh, given to me uh, by... Uh, by uh, a good Don't friend. mess up the big thank you to the man <laughs> who got you the tickets right now. <laughs> um, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's uh, 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 worthy of a mention uh, to Paul Allen, uh, who I know is a big fan of podcasts. Um, who uh, managed to, to get me the tickets, which uh, which was great. So we went up there, took her along. Uh, again, you know, Kepper in goal. Five changes in this game, I think. Uh, Rudiger, Silva and Saar in a back three. Um, and then uh, Azpilicueta and Alonso uh, as the wing-backs with Kante and Kovacic as the double six. Pulisic and Ziyech sitting behind Lukaku. I mean, as already mentioned, the Pulisic and Ziyech thing was interesting I felt when we had Mount Hudson-Odoi uh, Havertz and Werner on the bench um, in a big game like this I mean that that caused a little bit of head scratching for me I don't know about you no I, for me it was a surprise I mean Ivor what was it for you did you think it almost felt like coming up with a team in that respect up top that he knew Guardiola would never have guessed well, if that was the thinking, it, it didn't really work. I mean, this, you know, what I find a bit odd was that, you know, tactically and obviously translate onto the pitch, we beat them three times on the trot, you know, culminating in the um, Champions League final. So, you know, it now feels as if certainly the last couple of games, Guardiola has has out, you know, outthought Tuchel. I was I was a little bit disappointed. I think obviously you know, City are a great team. There's no no point denying that. But when you get your chances against them, you've, you've got to take them. And we wasted the ball so often, just punted it back to them, loose passes. It was like our players panicked a bit much when yeah. they found they had the ball. And, you know, that's that's what I would do in that situation. You know, I, you know, top, top, top professional footballers who played in Champions League finals and, and what have you, World Cup finals, they shouldn't be panicking in those situations. They should be able to, you know, at least find a pass and... and give us a little bit of time on the ball, you know, so, so that worried me a little bit. Um, I find it a bit, I'm a, it's a shame, I don't understand why Mount wasn't playing, though I don't think he's back to his best yet. Um, Hudson-Odoi went through a patch where he, he played, what, six, seven games on the trot, everyone was saying he's really playing fantastically, so I don't quite know, did, I can't remember, did he get COVID again? I can't remember, but um, I don't think he did. Um, so I don't quite know why he. he, he Actually, I to... think he did. I think did he? he did. Oh, well, yeah. maybe he did. Okay, but, but so maybe he's just 
sort of coming back to his best because you mentioned that talisman, and actually at his best, Hudson Odoi, he's not a hazard, not you know, not quite, but he he's the, possibly the closest he can take players on, and in that six seven game spell, he was really that's the best I've seen him play. Um, so I think, you know, I think the thinking behind the, the players was a bit odd. My my big thing is that what City do when we've got the ball, right? Why can't we do that to them? I know they move the ball around really quickly and their movement is very good, but they if they press us so high, that, you know, we should be able to do that to them. And I don't understand why we can't do it to them if they can do it to us. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I think, that baffles me a bit. Well, they're very good. I mean, I think, look, let, 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 let's, be, um, let's be honest, they're very, very good at the press. I mean, it, you know, watching it, you know, from 20 feet away, it's really impressive, you know, how quick, how organised and, and how skillful they are on the ball. Um, having said that, I think we do do that with some teams. We, we do press really high. We certainly did it against Tottenham over two legs. You know, we actually pressed the yeah. hell out of them. Um, and against Liverpool, to be fair. You know, we were, I thought, extremely good in that game yeah. at it. You know, maybe there's an element of tiredness. We haven't pulled the COVID card. We haven't cancelled any games. We have got a lot of injuries. I mean, they're all excuses. Um, fact of the matter is, you know, they're just better than us. They're better than us. And I think that you're right. We should have taken those chances. And it took a wonder goal by former Chelsea player Kevin De Bruyne to, you know, to win it for them. But And they didn't have a huge amount of chances. And defensively, I thought we were, we were solid enough to keep them out. And, and you're absolutely right. We have to take those chances. But... Overall, they just look better than us. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, us, I, I, but can I just sorry? Yeah, I no, sometimes no. wonder, and obviously this is a huge risk, and I've thought this for ages, right? Because they basically use their goalkeeper, and a lot of teams do, as a sort of sweeper, if you like. I almost wonder, right, if somewhat one of our players should mark their goalkeeper, right? And I know this sounds really, really odd, right? But it would really throw them. Obviously, because then they wouldn't be able to pass back to their goalkeeper. It would really disrupt their system. And we'd have to do it very carefully because obviously you couldn't, say if it was Lukaku was just basically essentially marking their keeper, we couldn't pass to him because he'd be offside. So when, you know, so when they've got possession, you just keep him on their goalkeeper, right? I think it would really, essentially, I think what you've got to do is be really clever and, and try something unusual to, to I just think, really throw I, them. I think I think that's actually mental. I it mean I kind of like I, I like I like the, the the thinking outside the box goal aspect hanger. of it. But a set goal a goal hanger. hanger, yeah exactly. <laughs> Essentially that what that means is you're playing against you're playing with ten men against well, you know way, the, the, one of the best way, teams but, in the world. But I think it would really throw them. And and if when we got possession, Lukaku immediately dropped back. Because the other thing I also think on another level Right to get over the press. I, I don't think I've rarely seen this do this. So if Kepa's got the ball a couple of times, he was going to lay it short to Silver or whatever. He put. He, he, he says no. Go upfield. So he's going to do a long kick. What I've never seen is our players rush off, then the City players drop back. Then one of them quickly runs forward, and he passes it to them. So then, then he's got a bit of time on the ball. I don't think I've seen that. This is kind of what I mean. I know it's a bit nuts, but these sort of things just you know you're not going to beat them you know, man for man, as it were, because they are better than us. There's not a lot in it, but they are. So you just try these slightly different things. Yeah. To, to the, the kind of Lukaku, the Lukaku thing wouldn't work because essentially, you know, he certainly wouldn't be able to touch the ball when it would be coming forward because he'd be coming back from an offside position. He'd be offside, yeah. But, but also as well, you know, those strikers, they have 
a defensive role to play as well. You know, they can't just stand up there goal hanging, otherwise everybody would. So it's risky. I, I agree it, with you. It's risky. It wouldn't work. But, um, you know, the idea of trying different things, I totally agree. Listen, watching it, you know, there were moments when, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show when, you know, we just weren't crisp enough in our passing. We weren't bold enough and brave enough in our passing. And we weren't accurate enough in our passing. And I think if you look at who's missing in that team, you know, those those players that I mentioned, put put to one side the fact that you haven't got Reese James and Ben Chilwell, where basically half our goals came from. You know, not having um you know not having uh you know some of the some of the other players you know on the pitch uh for that game was was you know marked. I mean if you haven't got Havertz playing and you haven't got um you know other players you know, sort of helping with the creativity. It's difficult. And and I just think it's, um, you know, it's just a bad time to play them. And, you know, and, and they're very good. I mean, they're not, whatever it is, 13 points clear for, for you know, for, for because, they're, you know, they're, yeah. just, they're not well, there for any, for any other reason well, apart from they're very good. I, th- I think also, look, that there are certain things. There, there, for me, there's there's a couple of real burning issues at the moment. One is, I I hate to say it, but I think there's nothing we can do about it at the moment. But Marcus Alonso, once he gets a yellow card inside a few minutes, is done for the game. Mm. And I also think that affected Malang Saar in the fact that Saar was having to come across and cover behind and try and help out Alonso. Because his first reaction, Alonso, when he sees a player, is to reach out and try and grab him half the time. And I I think we need... If I was going to say... It was telling they put Sterling on him. You know, I mean, they just literally just stuck him on him, wasn't it? You know, it was just, you know, the weakest link and everything. Malangsar didn't have a good game. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. But what I'm saying is I think Alonso is the biggest concern for me in this squad. He doesn't have anyone who's We know that, Kerry. That's why they're desperately trying to buy a left-sided defender. And also trying to even pay money to get Emerson back, who's out on loan, before we sell him. So it's it's really tough, but it... For me, we, we we can cover up a lot of the problems, but that one, people are, are going to hone in on it, sadly. And, the other, and it's, the other uh, thing that was a bit, a little bit sad was after Kovacic's brilliant performance against Liverpool, I thought he was very poor against City as well. He, he gave the ball away a lot and he was trying, bless him, but he, he had a poor game as well. And I don't know, it's almost as if he was he's, he's sort of blown away by how well he did against Liverpool, scored a goal. And, you know, that slight inconsistency with him. I really like him as a player. I, I was absolutely astonished not to see Jorginho playing this game, to be honest. Because yeah. you know, if you're talking about breaking the press and breaking the transition, Jorginho is the player for that. So I, I don't, yeah. I, I understand. I think Kovacic was in there on form, and that's fair enough. You know, he has been brilliant, and he did, to be fair, you know, lay that ball through for Lukaku. You know, he did, but you know, he almost gave the ball away. You know, to you know, to Grealish, who you know, yeah. that was a great save by Kepa. But you know, there's you know, there were big problems with the press, and if you don't have Jorginho in there, who is able to to help break it and help transition. That's what he does. You yeah. know, if you haven't got him in there, I don't know. There's part of me that, you know, if I was a, if I was a conspiracy theorist, if I was, if I were, and I'm not, but if I was, there is an element of like, you know, do we, do we go absolutely balls out for this game? Or do we go with a full strength team to Brighton and get three points there? Because yeah, the, league, I mean, the for- league's gone. I mean, I know yeah. we go there to win. I know that's nonsense, yeah. right? But, you know, you've got to churn to all the possibilities yeah. in your I, head. I get what you're saying. I mean, personally, I think it wasn't the game for Jorginho. Why? Um, I th- because I just think 
Kante and Kovacic, if they were on form, would be able to cope. But it's all and about I the think, press, Kerry. Yeah, but I'm still And who, thinking, got, who got caught in the press? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, Kante had his worst game for us in probably since we bought him, actually. But I prefer seeing them in a game like that. I think Kante and Kovacic think quicker, move the ball quicker. But it, there were so many problems with the team that we had that it kind of nullified it, that actually, in the situation, Jorginho would have been better if we'd have known how bad those two were going to be. But the one other thing I would like to say, and give him some praise, is how good I think Kepa's looked. Um, yeah. I, think, I think he's been, you know, it's obvious that they've really worked at him. He's catching balls in the air, he's making saves... Nothing he could have done about De Bruyne's goal. You know, I, I, I'm quite impressed at how he's reinvented himself. What do you think, Ivor? No, that is good. I mean, you know, is he still the most expensive goalkeeper in the world? Yeah. Yes. I think he is, yeah. So maybe when he first came, that weighed on him a little bit and he felt the pressure too much. I mean, it's an interesting situation because if he is, you know, if he has shaken off the dodgy keeper thing, which hopefully he has, then we've got two really good keepers and and what do you do I think for me Mendy at his best still edges it and you know it's it's difficult for you know for to have somebody you know that good basically playing second fiddle to someone so you know will is will he be happy to stay um because I don't I mean you know well it's not I don't think it's a question whether he'll be happy to stay it's well can anybody afford his wages if we would it or, or or his fee, you yeah, know, but that's an interesting thing because I always wonder this. I mean, you know, I'd give anything to, to have been a footballer. So you know, I mean, it's not as if if someone bought him, it's not as if he's going to be playing for peanuts. So I would rather play, come what may, than sit on the bench. You know, but is it so? Essentially, you're saying, you know, because because he won't go for less than whatever seventy million or three hundred grand a week or whatever it is he gets. You know, he's happy to sit on the bench. I mean, I just—it's his job. Know. You know, he—he's not a fan. He's not doing it for pleasure. It's his job. And you know, we always say this on this podcast. Let's not confuse footballers with fans. They're not. And I think that I totally get what you're saying about wanting to play. Um, and I'm sure he would in ideal circumstances. But footballers measure themselves about and value themselves about what they're paid and, and how they're respected. So it would be humiliating for him professionally to go somewhere for a lot less than he was bought for on a lot less wages. That's how he would perceive it. And that's how footballers do perceive well, it. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe they do. But I, I, I think, I think it'd less. be the... Well, I think it would be a lot less. I mean, I don't think anyone... No one's paying probably... 70 million for him, are they? No. Nobody's no, paying that, 60. No. Okay, all right. Well, let's see. What? Where would you be happy? What price would you... Okay, let's auction Kepper off right now. Right, do I hear 15 million, Andy? Oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a... 15? He's a, do I hear 20 million? He's a 30 million pound keeper. Yeah. 30 million. Do I hear any offer above 30 million? You know, we're not taking a 40 no. million pound hit on him and he's not going to take a, you know, 150 grand hit on his wages. So, you know, that's, you know, that it's yeah. just not going to happen until he reaches the end of his contract. So, then, you know, we're, if, we're all winners. He's going to get paid and he's going to be our second string keeper until the end of his contract. Well, then you're right. Well, then in which case they've done a very, very good job on him that when he does come in, need to come in the team, you're right. I think he's really improved. He's, he seems to be more confident. He's you know, better with the crosses, you know, he was always a good shot stopper. That was his, his main, you know, his yeah. main thing. He's got, so he's, that's he's got two, he's got two, he's got two issues, isn't he? One, one is his height. 
you know, and his inability because of his height to come for crosses in the same dominant way that Mendy does. And sometimes for those top bins shots, you know, uh, he struggles a little bit. And on the stretch, I, I agree with Kerry, there's nothing he could have done for that De Bruyne goal. That was no. a work of art. Um, but, and his other thing is distribution, you know, which has always been a little bit iffy. And a couple of times uh, on uh, Saturday, just pinged the ball straight out of play, didn't he, from kicks. Um, yeah. and you could say he's the worked same about that. Mendy. Mendy's yeah, distribution yeah. Is, is suspect as well. You can. Um, and, and so, you know, I think there are a lot of these games. I, I've never questioned his mentality at this level. I mean, some, some players would have gone to pieces after some of the experiences that he's had, but he hasn't. You know, he's stayed strong. He's obviously got a lot of self-belief. He's very well thought of on the squad bowl accounts. You know, so if he's happy to be a squad player and come in and cover this period while Mendy's away, then, yeah. you know, good luck yeah. to him. Right. And that was well, a great look- save from Grealish. You know, really good save. Yeah, I was, was. literally. I was right. I was right behind it. It was really no, good. It was. It was great. Well, okay. That that kind of wraps it up. Um, we're just about out of time. Of course, we will be doing our podcast at the end of the week, where we'll be looking forward to the Tottenham League game. Um, so, lastly, we weren't a disgrace against City. Were we disappointed? Were you going? Okay, this is where we are at the moment. We will move on from here. Firstly, Andy. Yeah, I was disappointed. I'm always disappointed when we lose. Not nice to, you know, to leave at dawn for a 12.30 kickoff and schlep your way over to the Etihad and see us lose, particularly when you're standing right next to the City fans who give you grief for the whole game and then you have to sort of walk out uh, listening to them celebrate. Nobody likes that. That's not fun. That's just part of being a football fan. But if I reflect on it with a little bit of distance, it's no disgrace losing to this team. They're a very good team. Ivor, any last thoughts on the City game? No, I was disappointed. Um, Andy's exactly right. And it's very interesting what you say, because I hate, I don't really watch match of the day when we lose, because it's too depressing. Sometimes even when we draw, depending on whether, whether we threw it away or whether we came back. Um, but I, I, I was interested in the analysis. So um, it was no disgrace, absolutely no disgrace. But I kind of, I wish we'd given them more of a game. It's, you know, the Liverpool game was, was so good. I, that's proper, that was a proper game of football. Both teams really going for it. It would have been nice if somehow we'd been able to, to you know, create that same sort of game. Because actually, as a game, it's, it's just wave after wave of them with possession, and you know, it's just it's not a great spectacle, really. Seems like right. it's only us and only us and City that have fulfilled all our fixtures. Everybody else seems to be cancelling them. When you know, Liverpool are cancelling them because they're players at the African Combinations and. You know, it's uh, and, all a bit of a false positive. It's all a bit of a mess, isn't it, really? And we haven't played that game, and I'm quite proud of us for doing that. Yeah, we've got through it. You know, that's it. We have the points we have. We move on. All right. Well, look, we're, we're out of time. So, Andy, thank you as always. Ivor, thank you as always. Join me later in the week when we will be chatting about the Tottenham game in the league. Until then, oh, no, of course, we've got Brighton to come, haven't we? Why did nobody say that? Are you going to that one, Andy? I am. Another one. I know. Three a hat trick in a week. Three away games in a row. Oh my gosh! Of course. Well, yeah, we should get the last predictions on that. Sorry, everyone. Don't turn off. Listen now. The really interesting stuff's coming. So yeah, Brighton away. How do you see this one then, Ivor? Well, I would love us to spank them after the, you know, really depressing one-all draw um, at the Bridge not that long ago. but they are good. They're a good team and they annoyingly score a lot of late goals. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd hope that we learn, you know, since then we've, we've played some decent games. Yes, weekend was a bit disappointing. We look like we've slightly turned a corner. 
2-0. We'll beat them. OK, Andy, over to you for the last word on that. Uh, yeah, Brighton, decent team with decent manager. Uh, I've been there and seen uh, us spank them before. Saw uh, William score an amazing goal there uh, in the Christmas period. That was a, that was a great game to go to. Um, look, they're fallible. I mean, they've only got 28 points. I've got a couple of games in hand. Um, they've, they've lost games this year. I think we can go there, pick ourselves up after City, rediscover a bit of form, put together you know a decent lineup and play well against them. I'm also going to go 2-0. All right, excellent. Well, I am going to go for 3-0 to Chelsea, Malang Sar hat-trick. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's it. We're, we're out of time. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Ivor. We'll speak later in the week about the Tottenham game, and we'll see you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.